where do we wait for our souls to catch up with us? That's the nugget right there. A reflection process is a way of allowing our souls to catch up with us. And the year-end process is just an even bigger opportunity to rest so we can come home to ourselves. Welcome back to Unsaid at Work. And in this episode, I want to talk to you about how to end the year with clarity. So a little confession time as the high achiever and perfectionist that I am. I used to approach December like it was a rugby tackle. Not that I've ever been in one, but I've seen many of them like head down, shoulders in, and like running really fast at something. Like my intention was to get myself across the line of the 31st of December and then just collapse and then wake up on the 1st or 2nd of January feeling you know, fresh and new and ready to start the race of the next 365 days again. And uh, spoiler alert, it didn't, never really worked for me. <laughs> in this episode, I want to walk you through why I now take a different approach. And it's a much more compassionate process that I've come to love. And I'm going to cover in this episode why I think this year-end process is just so valuable, the kind of questions to use, the, the ones that I use, when to do it. And I'm going to throw in a workbook that I've created to help you do this. So no need to take any notes. You can find the link to the workbook in the show notes. So you can just sit back and enjoy the episode. You know, for much of my life, I treated the end of December as just another month. In fact, I'll even admit to you that I thought the practice of year-end reflection was a bit kind of West Coast woo, like a sort of navel-gazing nonsense. And then I suffered burnout in the second year of running my own business. And as that year came to an end, I thought to myself, coming from a place of real fear, like, how do I know next year is not going to be more of the same? I felt I had no insight or perspective that the outcome would change. And at the time, I had a client who had a whole process that he underwent every single day on the 26th of December. Each boxing day, he'd hide himself away for the afternoon with a whiskey and a notebook and reflect on the year and plan for the new year. And he went right down to the detail of how much money he wanted to earn in the next year. And I could see the difference this made to him. Along with my burnout wake-up call, he was just another inspiration to me that December perhaps wasn't another month. So let me tell you what I've come to realize is the value of reflecting at the end of the year. I was going to start with a story because it speaks to that question. It goes like this. Some European missionaries are serving in Africa like a century ago, and they've hired local villagers as porters to help them carry supplies to some distant station. The porters are going at a slower pace than the missionaries want to, so after the first two days, they, they pushed the porters to go faster. And on day three of the trek, the group went twice as far as day two. So around the campfire that evening, the missionaries are feeling very pleased themselves and congratulating themselves for the leadership abilities. But on day four, the workers refused to walk. So the missionaries are like, what's wrong? And the spokesman says, you know, we cannot go any further today. Well, why not? Everyone appears well. Yes, says the spokesperson. But we have been going so quickly that we must wait here for our souls to catch up with us. And that's the punchline, my friends. Where do we wait for our souls to catch up with us? That's the nugget right there. A reflection process is a way of allowing our souls to catch up with us. And the year-end process is just an even bigger opportunity to rest so that we can come home to ourselves. So what questions you throw into the mix here? And again, I think a an, an metaphor is useful here. Like imagine yourself halfway up a mountain that you've been climbing for days, and at some point you want to assess where you are on the map, on the planned journey, what lies ahead. Again, it's a great metaphor. So the first part you would do is you'd look back, you'd look down the hill, and see where you've come. 
second part, you look up the mountain and reorientate yourself to where you're going. Turn these into questions. Again, it's all in the workbook. You're looking at questions like looking backwards, like what happened? You know, what were the highlights and lowlights of the year? You're going to need a diary for this. It's not just about timeline and events, but it's also but the meaning they have for you. One year I had I ended the year in a really tough few weeks and was convinced it'd been a really shitty year and selected the process and realized how skewed my memory was by the last few weeks of the year. So you're also looking for some patterns and themes as you kind of reflect back on the year. The second part is looking forward into the new year. Again, it's looking up and ahead of you on the mountain climb and asking yourself, is this the path that I still want to be on? Have I, have I lost my way? Where is this path taking me? Do I still want to go there? And who's on the journey with me? What do I want more of in this journey? What do I want less of? What am I tolerating, you know, that I don't want to import into the new year? Or carry on up, you know, taking up that mountain. So again, these questions are in the workbook, but don't let these limit you. I mean, if you feel other questions arising and you trust that, trust yourself and answer those questions as well. So when to do these sort of reflections? I like to do the backward reflection between Christmas and New Year. It's a really quiet time for me, so I have the space to do it. And then I do the forward-looking reflection on the 1st or 2nd of January. The client that I mentioned, he did the whole process on the 26th. I think it can even be done in January if the end of your commitments make me time a bit of a challenge. I think the timing matters less than making the commitment to do it, making the commitment to yourself to do it, and then actually just doing it. And it's about where to do this. I think there's something lovely about being intentional about where you choose to do it. I quite like the fact that my client had chosen a sort of whiskey in a quiet place in the corner. That feels really cozy for him. Uh, it could be a quiet space in the house or hiding in the garden shed. I mean, if you're not someone for writing things down, you could walk on your own and just reflect in your mind. One year I did this with a group of friends and we set aside an afternoon, sat on my lounge floor. Everyone had a slightly different process and lots of creative stuff spread out pens and paper and all that kind of stuff. I did my questions in a workbook. Other people did drawings or paintings. Point is you can do this alone or you can do this with others. I know a couple who do this together, sharing their own individual and joint views of the year gone and the year to come as part of their bonding process. How to do this? I did say if you don't like writing things down, that's cool. But if you do like writing things down, use pen and paper. Seriously, trust me on that. Step away from the laptop, from the phone. You need a break, if nothing else. And actually, there is quite a lot of research saying that it helps our brain process if you write things. The physical act of moving the pen across the paper is a whole lot healthier for us than this. So as you bring this episode to an end, I want to remind you that if you live until you're 80 years old, your average age for most of us, you're going to live for 4,000 weeks. 4,000 weeks. And you will have just finished 52 of those. Ending the year with some clarity about what the lessons were and how you'd like to live the next year is both a gift to yourself and can be soothing and exciting. I'm super excited to hear how you choose to end this year and how the workbook works for you and any questions you want to throw in there. Drop me an email at Catherine at Conversations at the Edge. I'd love to hear from you. And until next week, this is your wing woman, Catherine Stagg Macy at the Unsaid Podcast, signing off. Mm-hmm.